Hello, beautiful souls. In this podcast, I had the privilege of talking and going deep with Taylor Eaton, who is an ultimate resource for those seeking a harmonious connection between spirituality and finances. So with a deep-seated passion, she explores the spiritual aspects of wealth. Taylor specializes in crafting innovative spiritual money tools that empower individuals to make money in a way that works for them. She is, among so many other things, an oracle deck author, a human design expert, a money mindset and wealth embodiment coach, and a business mentor. In this special recording, we go into different aspects of human design, of how she has used her awareness of human design to create her business in a way that feels fun, expansive, and organic, as she then offers support to others who want to have a deeper relationship or deeper connection or more awareness of the things that may be keeping them stuck in their business and around money because we all have money stuff in some way, in some fashion because how we grew up or the beliefs that we created about ourselves or the beliefs that we learned from the way that we were brought up in wealth, in money, in business. We dive deep into all the things in her chart, into some key aspects that she brings into her coaching and even dive into a little bit about her membership. So I hope that you take some time to integrate, to process this because there are a lot of little tidbits that you definitely will take away. The way that she speaks and guides and the way that she is so grounded in the way that she speaks about her journey and the way that she supports people had me feeling so grounded and expansive at the same time. I truly have a connection with her. She's a 5-1 projector, and I am totally have surrendered to the brilliance of projectors. As I'm doing all of my work as a manifesting generator and understanding myself, I have been able to open up and surrender to the guidance of projectors that are in alignment, projectors that truly know their essence, that truly understand themselves at a deep level and embody their design. So I hope that you take something away. Actually, I know you're going to take something away from this. I would love to hear what that is. Definitely look at the show notes, take a look at what she's doing, And any shares that you want to respond to or reach out, please do, because I want to know that the guests that I have on are bringing you some value, some insight, or some new awarenesses in your personal business, any growth areas. Again, I can't wait to dive in. So let's just do that. Let's dive in. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? 
Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 Manigen who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. This is Miranda. We are back on the Provoking Prosperity podcast. And today I have a special guest on here. I'm really excited to go deep with her, Taylor Eaton. I reached out to her because I'm on her email list and I received this email that really provoked me into some of the things that I talk about with human design and how sometimes if you're not embodying human design, it's just information. And she goes deep into that. So I'm just going to let her introduce herself and go a little bit into that. And we're just going to respond through this beautiful session. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to dive into this with you. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Taylor Eaton. I am a lot of things, but I often introduce myself as a human design and money mindset expert. And so a lot of what I do is connecting the dots between human design and other spiritual modalities, but a lot of human design and money. And so that's that's really my zone of expertise. So yeah, it's exactly what you said that. For me, I find that the, the piece of embodiment is always the kind of missing piece with any spiritual or self-help or development modality that we use. And when we're trying to use it to get to a goal, especially around money, it's Oftentimes people kind of go through the motions of things and that piece of embodiment, which I'm sure we'll dive into here, is really what I like to focus on with people with all of my work, because I think that's really where the the magic happens. So within your work, you use human design, like you said, with wealth and money and so deconditioning. So do you do a lot Mm -hmm. of the conditioning work before you add in the wealth aspect? Yes and no. So it depends, you know, for every individual, it's everyone's at such a different journey on their 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 spiritual wealth and their financial wealth. But what I found is that with the deconditioning of our conditioning, right, with our human design charts and all of that energy and beliefs around money in the world, oftentimes when we learn how we're meant to engage with money for our human design or other tools, it's, it makes understanding how to decondition so much easier, right? Like to me, they're, on, they're two sides of the same coin, like understanding how you are designed to, to operate and especially flow with money also shows us where your shadows are, shows you where you picked up with that conditioning that doesn't help you and is getting in your way of getting to the abundance you desire. And so even though sometimes we do need to focus on the deconditioning work and, you know, letting go of those old rules around money or those old thoughts and beliefs we have around money, oftentimes I found that when you know how you're supposed to be operating, and this is what I've seen with hundreds and hundreds of my clients, is that the more that you know how you're meant to be operating around money, the easier it is to do that. And it often is such a it's a needing of that permission slip or to challenge or, or kind of shining that light on, oh, I didn't even realize that was a rule I was holding and that's not how many has to operate. And sometimes that's enough to just release any of the conditioning, those old stories, but sometimes you do need to, to do the work. So yes, and I do both. Like okay, a lot of what I do tends to be more around let's shine a light on how you're meant to operate around money. And then if we see these blocks, these pieces of conditioning popping up along the way, then we'll address them. Right. 
Yeah. I know usually we become coaches because we've done our work ourselves and usually something that we've had to work on personally. Is there a story or money belief that you can share with us that human design and this process that you worked through really supported you? Yes, absolutely. Because the things we struggle with the most tend to be the things we want to then teach on because we, we have to master them. Like we have to go through the fire and come out the other end and then we can, we can help people go that same path. So for me, I grew up, my family experienced multiple bankruptcies while I was an adolescent and even into my early adulthood. And my parents, while there was always just enough, it was always a kind of stressful atmosphere whenever money came up, right? Or just like, do we have enough? Or are we going to, you know, and it, there was always food on the table. It was never an issue of, are we going to have a place to live exactly? But there were a lot of fears around, you know, like, how are we going to cover this expense? How are we going to do that? It always seemed to work out. And so for me, the the story I picked up from my my childhood was money is hard to make. You have to work hard to make money. And you'll you'll always have just enough, which is was always true for me. And no matter how little money I had, I always had just enough to pay the minimums on the bills and to to eat and to all that. So I always had just enough, right? That was the story I had, but no extra. And it's it's hard to meet. You have to work so hard to have just enough. And those were just some of the stories. I've had so many stories that I've unearthed. And what happened was I kind of lived with this belief of if you just work hard, you'll have enough money. And it was so interesting because that was kind of what my parents taught me. They were like, work hard. You'll get a, the good grades, go to the good school, get the good degree, get a good job. And I followed all of that. And when I graduated college, grad school, I was like, I have $100,000. A lot of it is student loan debt. I just started my adulthood with six figures of debt. And I, I, I don't even know how I'm going to get a job that's going to be able to pay for the minimums on this plus being able to live somewhere. And as I, I got a job, I got full-time work and I was working my way up. I was getting promotions. I was told I was the best employee that my company had. And yet I still wasn't being paid barely more than a living salary. It got to this point where I was so stressed and just trying to work hard. And I was like, I just have to work hard. I just worked hard. That was what I just used to have to work hard. And that was to that. I saw myself playing out this pattern. It was so funny. Like, parents always worked so hard, but they never escaped that cycle of just enough and the stress around money. And so it was funny that they would tell me, just have to work harder. You just have to work harder. You know, and it was just like, at the point, you can't work any harder. And there's a lot of people out there who aren't working hard and they're making a lot more money and they're very comfortable and they have more than enough. So that was the point where after a few years out of school and working full time and kind of barely staying afloat, I kind of realized I was like, I don't know that this narrative that I know a lot of us are taught of just work hard and you'll get where you want to be. I was like, I don't know that this actually works for everyone all the time. I just kind of realized I'm like, I did everything I was told to do and it's still, I'm still not there. And I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. And so that was the point where I started looking into more of the spiritual approach to money and looking at, as I think I, my, so my first exposure with Abraham Hicks and, you know, law of attraction and really looking into more of that and that connection with money. And how do I use this to shift my financial situation? And I saw some shifts from that. And then years down the road, as things kind of were getting better, but still that struggle, I started my business and Right at the beginning of my business, over five years ago, I was introduced to human design. And I kind of dismissed it and put it aside for a while. And I was like, I don't have time. This is a weird thing. I don't understand what this graph is. And I have no idea. And I, I remember just kind of brushing it off. 
And just, I was like, I just got to get my business to work. I just got to get this off the ground, this new coaching business. And it was, it was barely making me maybe $2,000 a month at most on a good month. And I was like that for like the first year in my business. And then I don't know how, I don't remember how, but I started diving back and making resign. I don't know if I kept seeing it. I don't know if I got an intuitive hit. I have no idea. I don't even remember. I just knew it was in my awareness, but I wasn't looking at it. And when I finally started diving into it, it was like permission flip after permission flip and breakthrough after breakthrough and all this understanding as to why all of the old stories I had around me hadn't worked for me and what I need to be doing instead and having that roadmap. And when I started applying that stuff that I was finding within my chart to my business and to the way I was approaching money and the way I was working, my business went from making like 2K a month to 20K a month in just a little over a month. Like it was like an overnight 10 times of my income. And it was insane. Like, and it was just, and it wasn't a fluke. It like kept happening. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. This is what I was missing because I was burning out. I was working in ways that didn't work for me. I was doing all these techniques and strategies in my business that didn't work for me that weren't aligned with my design. And when I was able to look at my chart and understand, I was like, this is why. This is why. So for me, I'm a projector. So of course, the story of, oh, you just have to work harder and you'll make money. Like when I learned that as a projector, I only had to work two to four hours a day, right? Like, like, and then the rest of the time I should be learning and resting. I was like, oh my God, this is such, that's what, it was a relief for me. To be like, oh, I don't, it actually doesn't serve me. It actually hinders me and blocks money for me. If I'm working eight, 10 hour days in my business, oh, okay, let's try doing it a different way. And so from there, you know, the strategy shifted, my business structure shifted, but also my, my view of how I made money and also my sense of worthiness around money shifted. And this is where that embodiment piece came in. But that's, that's kind of the, the story. It was just this gradual kind of understanding of it, but really human design for me was the, the tool that kind of flipped the light switch on and helped me see everything that was blocking me, all the habits that weren't serving me. You said so many things that really resonated. I too grew up with thinking that we had to work hard to make money. And I even would say any anything worth having had to be hard. Like, what was I setting myself up for? Right. As long as I have enough, I'm I'm good. You have to be gra- grateful for what you have. You can't want more and all of these types of things. And I was setting myself up to struggle to just have enough. Exactly. And exactly. I do feel like, uh, I think it was that generational because there are still people that I talk to. The first thing that come out of their mouth is I ask someone how they're doing. And they're like, oh, she's a good girl. She works hard. That's not good. You should right. not be working hard. And that's nothing about who you are and how you're doing. It's so incredible how much our society really cares your sense of value with how hard you work and what results you get from it, which aren't always connected. And it's just, it's, it's incredible to me. This is, I always tell, especially my fellow projector clients, but I say everyone can benefit this from this, which is why I love using human design is if you look at your chart and if you even understand the different qualities of your chart, or you understand even you go into the gates of your chart, your unique gifts that you have, I call them your superpowers in this life. And you look at each one of these things and you go, how is this skill, this trait that I have? Like, so for me, my, my gate 26 is my son personality gate. And so this is the gate of, I call it like the gate of phraseology. You have a way with words. You can you know how to help people see the value of things. It's like, okay, so my words, the way I communicate, the way I speak and write, that has value. And I never really thought of that before. I never really thought, how is that valuable? But I started looking at all the ways it's valuable, not just in business or in work, but also just how is that helpful to other people around? 
How is it my ability to clearly communicate? How is that enhancing other people's lives? What value does that carry inherently? And when I started to, when I do that, when you do that with every single piece of your chart and your gates, it's like you start understanding how valuable you are as a person in the ways that are, that, it, you know, they, they go beyond money. And so then, of course, you start to shift your sense of worthiness in the sense of that. You're like, of course, I'm worthy of everything I desire. Of course, because just by naturally being me, I'm bringing so much value everywhere I go and to every person I come into contact with. So, of course, there's no question in my mind. Or, and of course, it can be easy because not everyone can do this in this way that I do it with this combination of things in your chart. So it's just so interesting that we don't look at that. And instead, it just uh, usually often, often comes down to hard work or how, how traditionally smart or savvy you are around money. And that, those are the things that our society praises. And it's all external. Yeah. It's all mm -hmm. looking externally mm -hmm. at what everyone else is doing and not really tuning in internally to who you truly are, which I, I talk a lot about the deconditioning aspect and the suppression mm -hmm. of our voice because it, we make a belief about ourselves at a young age and you create your entire life around that belief. Let's say you're, someone says you're shy and then you believe that you're shy, even though you weren't really shy in that moment. But then all your life, you tell yourself, I'm shy, I'm shy. And then you create this whole persona of who you are when it's not really who truly you are. It's all the conditioning of who you think you are. So I love that you go into the layers of the gates because I love going deep into things and not mm -hmm. just like the top level of yeah. things. So the newsletter that we talked about was about how sometimes when people learn human design, they don't really get anything from it. Mm -hmm. And you explained it was because of is surface level, basically. They weren't doing the yes. work. They weren't embodying. So could you mm -hmm. go into a, a little bit about that? Yeah. So what I found, especially because what I focus on so clearly is, is people learning to use their designs to get that external result, to see more money in their lives in a way that feels good to them. And so for me, I see it's very measurable. Sometimes with people's design, when people are just generally applying their design in their life, if it's not fixated, you know, or focused on money, then a lot of times you're like, yeah, I feel better. I, I see some things working out for me, but it's a little harder to measure. So it's interesting because in this niche I'm in, I, I can easily see how much of an ex external impact my, you know, my clients are, are receiving from living their design. I have had clients who run the gamut of different levels of success. Like I've had clients who have come into my, some of my self-paid programs or even my highest level private coaching, and they have gone from like struggling to make 5K months to making, you know, 15K, 20K a month. I've had clients go up to 60K months, like surpass even what I do in business. You know, it's like, there's no limit on it. And it's beautiful. But I've also had people come in who they go through the motions of it. And then they see, they're like, well, I feel more confident around me. Or I feel this. I don't really see it. And so I think I'm just gonna, like, I'm going to keep hustling until the money shows up. And then, and then I'll start relaxing more. You have to start challenging those things first. You have to start being that version of you and living by your side first before the money's going to come in. That's the key to getting there. Because otherwise you're doing it in an aligned way. You're going to block yourself. So it's, it's interesting. And I think that newsletter was kind of geared at if you're someone who you're living your design, you're trying to use it to call in more money or whatever it is that you desire. And you're just not, you think you're doing it right. You think you're living your design, you're following your authority, you're honoring your strategy. And then the, the money or whatever you desire isn't coming in. That's where we have to look deeper and say, are you actually allowing human design to be a tool that allows you to introspect and shift who you are and how you're being so that you can become that version of you? 
that's a match for what you desire or are you just using it as like a kind of magic answer or a surface level kind of quick fix where you're like well my intuition said to go you know go for a drive today so i went for a drive and that's it and it's just like that's the that's the first step of it you have to go so much deeper and use it to introspect and say okay now that i know for example that i'm a projector in what ways am i maybe you know afraid to wait for that invitation what are the fears that come up around thinking i need to not be so truckingly forcing money to come to me and allowing this what's coming up there what do i need to heal what do i need to the condition what do i need to value more about myself you have to take it to some of those deeper deeper levels and allow it to change you and allow it to be that vehicle for self-development but if you just want to use it as this quick fix answer and just kind of like oh, I'll just go through the motions that sounds nice then that's that's the the kind of difference i see between the people who get so much out of it and see the actual tangible results and the people who don't what I'm getting from what you're saying is I have the the channel, the 952, and it's one of my favorite channels because I really love to focus. I'm a Manny Gen, but I don't feel like I'm all over the place like some Manny Gens because of that mm-hmm. 952. I really like yeah. to concentrate and focus. And what it sounds like you're saying is what I'm getting is if you're wanting to use this as a tool for money and wealth, then you have to look at your design and everything in your design with that intention, money and wealth, rather than all encompassing at first, if you want to focus on that specific thing. Is that what you're saying? To a degree, not quite. I think it's it's more that if, if you really want human design to be the most effective for you and to really leverage it as powerfully as you can, you have to use it and be willing to use it to change really not just change your action but change how you see yourself change it's this is i think a lot of where we see the de- deconditioning work come in but it's, it's a lot of using it to change how you see yourself change your mindset change your thoughts change your energy change your actions but i think a lot of people just use it on that surface level bit. they just change the action a little bit around they go all oh, this work less but are you also working in the way that you do and are, do you have the value to underlie that that will invite the invitations in as the projector, right? Like, so that's what I'm saying is it's a lot of people just use it in that surface level way of, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to change the action, but they don't back it up with any of the inner work that human design invites us to, to reflect on that allows us to shift and change. I always say that human design is such a beautiful tool for self-reflection and to help you trust yourself and value yourself more. And those are really at the core of achieving whatever it is you desire, especially around money. So I feel like being able to use human design as a way to come home to yourself is really what I think human design most has to offer us. But most people don't necessarily want to change. They just want their reality to change in some way. And so that's kind of what I'm getting at here is that if you want your reality to change, you have to be that change. And human design is a beautiful tool to help you find where you can shift what needs to change what needs to adjust and how to do it. I would love for you to go a little bit into your type, what your profile lines are, a little bit of what you have defined, what your authority is, just a little yeah. bit about you and how you brought that into your business and life right. and relationships yeah. and all my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I am a 5-1 splenic projector. So I have my, in terms of defined centers, my chart, I have my root, my spleen, and my heart center defined, and they're all a single definition. We have the three centers. So they all speak to each other pretty, pretty rapidly and eagerly. I, like I said, as a projector, one of the biggest things that the changes that that invited me to make was really shifting that idea of I have to be working so hard all the time and that 
resting and relaxing is a reward for working hard and for getting the money I desire. It's not actually a necessity or a necessary ingredient in getting where I want to go in life. And so that was a huge shift for me to change and prioritize relaxing and enjoyment of life and balancing all the working energy I'd been doing. So still working, but it was a lot less. And when I was relaxing, fully relaxing and really marrying those two together and seeing how that invited so much more, not just opportunities from others, but also created a lot more clarity in myself and so much more, I'd also say, inspiration in myself. So many more ideas and having more clarity because I've completely opened crown and Ajna. So I have tons of different inspirations. Sometimes or sometimes I've none. <laughs> it all depends who I'm around or where the trans are. But I get all these ideas. And having that space to relax as a character helped me actually use my authority more, my splenic authority, and tune into that. Whenever I'd have all these crazy ideas, I'd be like, oh, I should create a program with this. I should offer this. I should put this thing on sale. And when I was slowing down more frequently and resting more as a projector, it became so much easier to listen to my splenic authority and to find those intuitive bits of guidance that was like, that idea isn't for you, put that aside, or this one is for you to hand up some, oh, yes, that's that's right, do that now, or wait on that. You know, it was like that made it so much easier to make space to hear my intuition and my guidance. And then it also helped me to, to really navigate moving forward in a way that was really aligned that just made making more money or having whatever success I desired more accessible and easy for me. So those were some of the big ones, I think. Also learning my profile lines was incredibly helpful with my five and my one line. So for me, I kind of created this formula. And this is what I have inside of my money matrix program, which is customized each person. But it's like, for me, I realized I have like a kind of formula for money where if I hook times throughout my day to, I would work and I would do like creative work and things like that. And then I would relax and learn, especially as a projector, but also with my one line. I would learn and then I would take time to actually unwind where I wasn't learning, right? But it's like, and then I'd kind of repeat that cycle each day and I'd make sure I was at least during that working time at the end of the day, sharing some guidance with the public, with my audience, so that I'm like sharing guidance as a five line and as a projector. <laughs> it was like, here's my guidance, here are my problem, my, my solutions for your problems, here you go. And then as long as I did that and created content and learned and rest each day. It was like money started flowing very easily and the work was very sustainable and enjoyable for me. So it was just all these ways that my, all the different parts of my design kind of came together to create this personalized flow for me that I'm like, if I just do this four or five days a week, then I see all this massive growth and I see all this money coming in and I feel better and my is fuller and it's like everything is easier. So it was, it's interesting because I, I really do think everything in your chart kind of, there's different specific ways it all works together based on the individual and the different combinations of things you have. And it's, it's really cool to kind of create your own, your life, your business strategies, whatever it is, taking all that into place and finding the, the ways it all fits together, kind of like a puzzle. Yeah, it seems like it's almost magic, right? You get to yeah. enjoy and fulfill yourself and you get to learn and then you guide. Mm -hmm. it, it's just everything of who you are, which seems easy. Even yeah. though it'd be easy for me, it would be easy for you because of, right, exactly. Those are the big ways that it. Yeah, that's it. You know, and it goes all to knowing the self. So splenic, I love splenic because it's in the now. Do you, did you have a hard time tuning in to the spleen? Mm. That's like in the now, one time type of thing. I I did it first, and what I found was the easiest way for me to do this was I 
during that kind of time where I was relaxing and my brain was quieter and I wasn't trying to problem solve or work, I would take a little bit of that time each day, at least just like 15 to 20 minutes. And I would just sit down and I'd ask myself, what feels right to do right now? What just feels the best to do inexplicably? Like, what do I feel called to do right now? And I would just wait to see if there was any guidance from the spleen. And some days there was, and some days there wasn't. But sometimes it was just this little voice of like, go for a walk. And I was like, it's like oh, no answer? Okay. <laughs> right. Well, I'll just go for a walk. And I started recording these little, the spleen is so quiet, that quietest center in our chart. I started recording whenever I thought I was getting a spleen hit because I was like, I'm not sure. Is this just me making things up? But I would just record this in a notebook. And then I, I would also record whether I did the thing or not. And it was just, they're usually little things at least to start, or it was just like, go eat some food. I was like, I need a snack, you know, but I would, I would just get these little hits of, of guidance. And so I started recording them and writing down whether I had followed them or not. And then at the end of each week, I'd go back and look through all these instances I'd had. And I'd reflect on how each event went, whether I had followed my clinic intuition or not. And what I started to find was over time after doing that for a few weeks, I had this log of evidence that whenever I listened to my intuition, things were amazing things would happen or just like interesting things or things that were positive in some way or some nothing really notable would happen but nothing really bad ever happened when I listened to my intuition was what I was finding where and and I later realized I was like oh those times where it's neutral or a neutral result was often I wonder if that was preventing me from being somewhere I wasn't supposed to be at the time and so the times when I didn't listen to my intuition I didn't listen to those nudges because I was like oh, I don't have time to go for a walk right now or I don't I don't want I don't feel like it raining out I'm not gonna go right now you know those times something happened and sometimes a little like I stubbed my toe you know like five minutes later in a different room of my house or sometimes they were things like I broke a dish and it's we had been home and you want to broke that dish right or you know I got into a fight with a loved one or something you know it was these little things and then as I started listening to it more I started finding when I I remember one time I was going to get some work done one day and my, my whole intuition at this point, I've been playing with for a long time. It was just, don't work. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. I have things I need to get done. I'm going to try to work. And it's like, nope, don't work. I said, all right, fine. So in the middle of the day, I don't know, 10 a.m. or something, I took a bubble bath. That's what felt right. And while I'm doing that, I had this like massive download for a program, which has now become like my biggest performing opt-in. It's had like thousands of people get on my email list through it and all this stuff that wouldn't have come if I'd been glued to my screen trying to force an email for my email list to come out and instead I just like when I was laying in the bath listening to music being like I guess this is just what I'm doing I might be crazy and then all of a sudden this idea came through because I'd made space for it and so you can't always you can't predict how it'll happen but yeah at first it was hard to listen to and there's been times where when I've slid back into old conditioning that I've noticed that that voice it's still there, but I am not trusting it as much. And that's when things, maybe my income dips in my business. Maybe I, you know, run into some other issues and some other in my life. And it's like, oh, I got to get back on track, get back to, to listening. Oh, my goodness. As they're talking, oh, I have not been doing my intentional practice. <laughs> because when I do an intentional grounding practice in the morning, so many things flow and everything comes in and I just know and I've been busy. So I haven't yeah, been right. doing it and then nothing's happening. Wait a minute. That's why. Isn't that so funny? It's it's the same. I have the same thing where it's such, and it often comes when we get into a really good group with it. We're like, things are good. I can get today. I got a lot of things going on. And then you just get in the habit of not doing the thing you know will help you. And it's, it's funny how we do tell that story of 
I'm too busy to do this, but it's my husband now says that is the only thing you have time for because everything else is better when you do that in the morning. He has to kind of remind me because I will make it easy. Like I'm busy. I got a little clinical day. I got to just, I'll just skip it today. And he's like, that's the only thing you can't be too busy for. I love how he supports him that way. Oh, he's so supportive. Yeah. He's wonderful. Yes. Oh, that is awesome. I would love to hear how you work with people. What offerings do you have? Who do you work with specifically? So right now I tend to, I have a lot of self-paid programs. So if you're interested in any of the human design stuff, that's uh, a lot of my human design work is self-paced. So I have a lot of self-paced programs and some of them are human design for entrepreneurs and how you use this to build business strategy and the language for you. Some of it is all around money specifically and different programs on helping you find the different ways that you're aligned to make money or de- do a lot of the deconditioning. That's one of the programs. And also find like those deeper money-making kind of codes and gifts you have in your charts. So there's several different self-paced options that I have because I found that a lot of times human design, I, I find, is often best first discovered on a personal level is kind of how I feel about it. And then if, if you're like, I really love this and I've been committing to it, then go invest more time and money and energy with a mentor. So I do have like a handful of private clients I like to work with. But I found after years of doing this and taking on a lot of private calls and things like that, I found that a lot of times, unless people had already gotten into the human design world and literally found that this was something that resonated with them, they actually did want to integrate it into their lives in a really meaningful way that I, I found I wasn't seeing the best. I, the people who were just like, this sounds nice. I found out about last week and I do reading with you. They were often people who didn't have much long lasting results. And so that's a lot of why I have created also as a projector, having self-paced programs is a very great business instruction. It's, I have very limited energy to give to people, right? So, so that's the main way that I, I work with human design offerings. A lot of who I tend to work with in human design are typically entrepreneurs. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs really want to find those ways to make money in a way that doesn't bring them out. That is a lot of what we do as human design and business because it's so easy to get caught up. This is, this is true for any anyone with money, but I think it's especially true for entrepreneurs is that we often feel I need to work hard to make money. And then if I'm not making the money, what means I just need to work harder and more. And then we get stuck in the trap of working 80 hour weeks when the reason we started our business was to have more freedom. Oh, it's uh, that's a common thing I see for a lot of entrepreneurs making design offerings is, is that tends to be most of who, not all, but like I'd say 70% of people that I work with with human design. So tends to be finding their unique flow with it. And entrepreneurs too, it seems like we have this thing that, okay, as soon as I get to this certain space or certain income or certain whatever, then I can mm-hmm. start following. Uh, then I can rest. Then I can travel. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. I can do this. I need to get to this space first, which you end up getting maybe to that space by forcing, but then things are really a struggle. So you're burning yourself out. And then by then it's like, you're, you're already looking ahead to another space. So you're just constantly in that hamster wheel still. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, there's always, I look at like, there's always more you could do in your business. So you have to be firm in deciding where's, when's it enough. And if you're not, then you will burn out. You will go too much. And then, then the part of that of being able to say that's enough you have to also know that you're enough and that your work is enough. Right. And so 
That's, right. it's a whole, it's, that's a whole other piece of it is just the fact of entrepreneurship is another vehicle for self-development and it'll change you so much because you have to change so much to be someone who can run a successful business. And it's, I think it's such a beautiful thing, but also just has its own set of challenges. So yeah, so that's, that's most of, of who I end up working with. I now have more and more modalities I use around money. So not just human design. So I do a lot of volume work. I do money magic, so money spells, rituals, things like that. I also do lots of different kind of little practices with money. We, ha I have an Oracle deck. I'm an Oracle deck author. And so lots of different spiritual tools for money. And so that's a lot of what I do over on my YouTube channel is just creating different tools for people around money. And then I have my wealth side membership, which is really where I spend most of my time nowadays, which is my low cost monthly membership. But that's just a place for people who want more spiritual tools for money, learning different mastery of these different tools and incorporating them into your life to call more abundance and also a whole community of people who are doing things. I think it's kind of rare to find people who can, in integrity, claim that they want more money and go after it unapologetically and do it in a really spiritually fulfilling way. So, And do you bring the human design aspect into that? The yeah. Membership too? Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I think in the month of December, we're going to be doing a whole challenge around embody wealth embodiment through your design chart, and especially through the solar plexus, whether it's defined for you or not, changes the way you embody wealth. And so, really interesting stuff. So, yes, we do do some of that stuff there, and most that of the people very know their design. Yeah. Well, because we're always told, right, that when you think about, like, if you do any sort of law of attraction or law of assumption stuff, people always say you have to feel the emotions you feel when you have all the money you desire. But I'm like, well, people with emotional authority or defined solar plexus, you can't force yourself to feel a certain way. But there is a way you can embody that well energetically. It's going to look different from those of us with an undefined solar plexus. And so that's what we'll be focusing on December in the Wealth by Membership. But yeah, most of the, the people in there know their design because they know me through human design. And so even though it's not a human design community, there are a lot of human design elements in there. I love that little tease about the emotional solar plexus because I have that undefined too. So that'd be yeah. very interesting to like. Right? Well, it's like, yeah, when you have it undefined, like for me, I was like, I always went about it. I was like, yeah, I can make myself feel excited or wealthy or whatever. And then I didn't, when I got into this, then I was like, this doesn't work for like 50% of the population. I was like, no wonder I've had clients come to me and they're like, I can't feel the feeling of the wealth. How do I can't hold it? And I'm like, well, I just got to decondition more, you know, like until I knew what human design was. And then that was part of why I started teaching human design was because I was, as soon as I learned it, I was, oh my God, the way I've been coaching people has been so one sided. It's been through my lens. And, that is such another beautiful gift of human design is when you understand it, know how to read charts, you can look at it and go, oh my gosh, there's so many other ways of viewing the world and of growing and shifting and coaching. And it's not just my way. Like, I feel like you can really go back once you understand the depth of it. I agree. And even the manifestation arrows, I think that is huge with manifestation yes. coaches. Mm -hmm. Like when people say things, I'm almost like, oh, I know when people are like scripted out, I'm like, that's I don't think works with arrows facing a certain way. Yeah. 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 But before human design, I never knew. Exactly. Same. I was like, well, yeah, just got to make it work for you. Like it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of people use human design to limit themselves or others. Like they'll say, they'll make anything can be dogmatic. So people will say things like, you know, projectors, you, you can't work more than four hours in a day. I have a defined heart center and a defined root. That's two defined motor centers. So sometimes I work six or eight hours in a day, but then usually the next day I work like one or two hours, you know? So there's a balance, you know, it's not all or nothing. And so I think a lot of people look at this stuff dogmatically and they use it to limit themselves. Whereas really when you use it in the most powerful way, you're using it to 
completely free yourself from limitations and also free yourself from how you look at other people through your own limitations. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. And so it's, it's always, I say like, it's a tool for, for empowering yourself. It should never make you feel limited in any way. It should only make you feel limitless in living the way you want to live. I totally agree. There's a lot of people that I've talked with that kind of put themselves in this box of what type they are, what what authority and it it's more so it's just the awareness it's, i always say it's a yes and it's like okay this is the awareness and then what right yes is there any last insights that you want to share with anyone that's thinking about or struggling with money or have these beliefs about money or want to make money anything that you want to bring up or share or invite into yeah so there's there's so much <laughs> it's always hard to pick one thing to talk about but i'd say that what I think I always come back to with money is that it money is presented to us as such a cold and kind of careless or objective thing. And it, it's really not. It's it's a man-made construct. So it's it's a tool, but it's it's something that it's it's that representation of energy, right? Everything is energy and money is energy, and there's energy to the flow of money and I think that we often think because it's something external to us that there's no place for any sort of holistic or spiritual approach to it. And I would encourage people who either want to get out of their current financial situation or they just want to get to that next level of income and they've just kind of plateaued and they're stuck. Either way, look at what parts of you need to shift in order to become the version of you who is capable of having and holding all the money that you desire because the money is such an outward reflection of how we see ourselves and the world around us and how we believe things have to work for us and the way that we're leveraging our strengths and so there's just so much that that always can shift so you can you can step into more of those that capability of having and holding more wealth and so if you love using human design for it Use your human design to ask yourself, Adam, how can I use my design to become the truer, truer version of myself who, who is aligned with all the wealth I desire? That, that version of me, you know, when you close your eyes and you daydream about your next level of wealth that you desire, how can I use human design to become closer to that person? And I think that's where you'll find so much empowerment and so much freedom with it. And, and then if you have any curiosity about your human design, you can always go to my website, taylorincoaching.com. And there, there's, there's all my different money freebies and programs that you can check out. And there's so many of those. And then if you want a whole community around it, come join me in the wealth. That's where I hang out nowadays. And it's my favorite place to be on the internet. I will have all the information in the show notes as well. So everything will be in there. So you can always go down the show notes and connect with her there. I appreciate that you came on. I'm so grateful. I yes. love the energy that you have around money. As soon as you also said the the five one projector, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> because I've been really connecting with a lot of projectors lately, and the wisdom that you have. And once people witness and they acknowledge it and they see it, rather than project onto you or be fearful or whatever, it truly is such an amazing gift. So I honor the energy that you are in. It is an amazing grounded energy, and I just. I feel that energy. So I want to say thank you for what you're doing. It's amazing. Thank you for being that guidance. Thank you for being that that projector that guides people in this space. So many need it. So thankful for you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That just makes my projector heart so happy to have that validation as well and that that recognition, right? So thank you. But that's, yeah, I, 
I love, I've come to love my design as much as I hated parts of it, but it's, I've come to love it now and it's, it's such a gift. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I will have every, everything in the show notes so you can check everything out, check her out, connect with her. And again, grateful. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.